Vérité. And welcome to Dialogue. This is State Senator Paul Lavoda of the 11th Senatorial District. And you're listening to Dialogue with State Senator Paul Lavoda, where we talk about government, state government, Missouri state government, um, local stuff, politics, and all kinds of stuff. And we do it every week, and we're glad that you're joining us today. Typically, we have our good friend, Independence Mayor Pro Tem, Chris Whiting, with us, but he's not here again, and uh, he is missed. And I'd like to um, move on from there and say we miss him, and welcome our friend, Courtney Cole. Courtney, welcome to the program. Thank you. Courtney, you're the Executive Director of the Missouri Democratic Senate Project? Y- yes. Try fitting that on a business card. It's difficult. Well, I'm glad you're here today. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. And I'd almost like to take a tally as to how many times Chris has missed. I've been reading the news, it feels like, quite a bit. He must be really busy. Yeah, he is a, uh, um, a self-proclaimed very busy person. <laughs> Um, I haven't, you know, really dived in to see if that's actually the case or not, but I, I believe him. Um, I know there's all kinds of stuff going on in the city of independence. Right. Um, you know, there's some things going on. Truman related things. Right. I mean, we've been very busy in our area of the state in the last, actually in the 11th senatorial district to be very, um, precise with you. Um, we've had many different great events going on, mm-hmm. um, starting with the dedication of the Lynn Dawson Bridge over Stadium Drive. Yeah, oh, that was great. Stadium Drive over 435. Then a strong Monday night football performance by the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And then a uh, wild card playoff win at 1230 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> you were there. By, by the Kansas City Royals. All of it yeah. in the 11th Senatorial District. All of it Exciting. happens. Happened. Um, you know, as me as the senator from the area. I mean, you wouldn't talk <laughs> about coincidence. I mean, we can get into that discussion if you like. I'm just saying it happened, and I'm a very proud senator, and uh, that's – it's never happened in where you live, right? In no, your no. District, right? That's that, what I'm right, saying. Right, right. That's my point. Yeah, and none of this happened while you weren't senator. That is you, correct. That you, is correct. You, you know, you're the senator. That's right. So, Yeah. And I think that was really cool that, that you guys were there for the game and at the Royals game. And well, that was really fun. You know, a great uh, highlight of the good facilities in the area um, that our taxpayer supported. And then um, the president mentioned it yesterday. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw that, that he said it's a good time to be from Kansas City. Yeah. He should have said it's a good time to be from Kansas City, the 11th Senatorial District. But <laughs> let's not split hairs on the president. Let's not do that. Let's not go there. Right. Okay? Well, he said that we had reason to be cocky or something, too. Right, right. Like we didn't before, but now you do. <laughs> I think yeah. what he meant, you know. That's what they call a a um, backhanded <laughs> presidential compliment for our community. So we're proud anyway. But we're glad to be here on the Dialogue Program. And what we like to do on the Dialogue Program is talk about the news. We really do. Now, the weekly news roundup brought to you by the good folks at Liberty Realty. Here's Chris Whiting. House GOP leader calls for reconsidering lottery. Do we need to do that again? Should I pretend to be Chris? You're supposed to say substituting for Chris. Oh, see, I didn't know. I just thought I'd roll with it because I figured our our listeners would know that Chris isn't here today. You know what? We here's what we'll do. We'll edit that out of the final mix, and <laughs> right. then, then we'll just. Oh, see, that's <laughs> the wrong thing too. <laughs> we'll just if we could. Hey, if we could edit all this out. Yeah. In the in the final 
You don't have to yell. I'm right here. No, I'm just telling the the <laughs> the crew that if we could just do that, it'd be great. Which is me. Yes. Okay. Now the weekly news roundup brought to you by the good folks at Liberty Realty. Here's Chris Whiting. And substituting for Independence Mayor Pro Tem Christopher Whiting is Courtney Cole. Very good. Very good. And then we're not editing anything. We're oh, going with okay. it. Okay. I figured this yeah. much. All right. House GOP leader calls for reconsidering lottery. Missouri voters should be given the opportunity to decide whether the state lottery should be retained or eliminated. The likely next Speaker of the Missouri House of Representatives told the St. Louis Post-Dispatch on September 30th. The Missouri lottery has come under scrutiny in recent months as its profits, which are constitutionally earmarked for education, have declined despite record ticket sales. House Majority Leader John Deal, Republican of town, Town and Country... Both of them. Yes, both. Told the paper, uh, the lottery is an unstable and inefficient source of funding for public education. Traditionally, each dollar in lottery sales has yielded about 25 cents in education funding, with the rest going for prize payouts and administrative costs. Last year, the lottery's profit dropped to just 23 cents of the dollar. Deal is slated to become House Speaker in January, assuming Republicans retain control of the chamber following the November 4th elections, as is expected. Deal said a proposal reconsidering the lottery, which Missouri voters first authorized in 1984, should go on the ballot in 2016. Elimination of the lottery, however, would mean the loss of about $275 million a year in education funding. Last month, Governor Jay Nixon replaced all five members of the State Lottery Commission and directed the new commissioners, all of whom have ties to education, to focus on ways to maximize the lottery's profits, including possibly reducing administrative and advertising costs. So we talked about this last week. Those of you who are playing along at home, we talked about this last week, and we said that when the lottery uh, proceeds went down, the governor quickly acted and appointed new members to clean it up. Um, I was applauding that effort and also saying that it shows that we can actually appoint people quickly and move quickly to fix things in state government. But what's so so? Hmm, what's the word I want to use? What what's so strange? Mm-hmm. Strange? I don't know if that's right. But uh, about this particular proposal mm-hmm. is that the majority passed a constitutional amendment that the people of the state of Missouri voted on in August, saying to expand the lottery to have a veterans ticket. Yes. To pay for veterans. True. Okay, I voted against that. Mm-hmm. I got some pushback at the time. Like, mm-hmm. how dare you? Right. My response was we should pay for the veterans' obligation out of our general fund, and we should make sure we have enough revenue to pay for those priorities. Yeah. And now, because the lottery's having trouble, the new speaker wants isn't to really, get rid of it. Right, but isn't really having trouble. Because they have, you know, these these sales. They're just not on the tickets that are meant to go to education and they haven't been clear to the public about which of the tickets actually go to education well, and which ones don't no, all of them all of them do go to education now but the but the proceeds have dropped that's what's going on but they have record sale i mean i mean the sales are up revenues are up right well they're selling more but they're not giving as much money back right which the they problem. shouldn't be able to do right and so um this um this uh with a but that's Call what they came back house. and said. They said that there were certain ones that went to education and there were certain ones that didn't. Well, the the 
the house built on sand is is right. going away, and so the new speaker wants to get rid of it altogether with no proposal to, to uh, make up the two hundred seventy five million in year for education, which is wrong. Although we shouldn't have had it in the first place, right? Even though he's one of the people who wanted to expand it for the veterans a few months ago. Interesting, yeah. So. And I've talked about this many times on the show, but it is bad tax policy that is driving our politics in the state of Missouri. Mm -hmm. So we're going to argue over should we keep this or not and be diverted from the real question, why aren't we funding our education (laughs) properly? I think this is a good opportunity for us to bring up that conversation. Well, you know me. I bring it up all the time. Right. I was going to mention a blog a little bit later that I'm Good. started to do where, you know, we are currently underfunded the foundation formula that pays for elementary and secondary education to the tune of $600 million. The tuition or the um, tuition goes up for higher education because of the lack of money we're getting from the state to our higher education uh, facilities and institutions. And so we're not talking about that all of this is because of bad tax policy where we cut um, the riches of the riches taxes Mm -hmm. or the rest of us are are still paying for for, everything, uh, the infrastructure. And uh, so we'll have an argument about this (laughs) and we won't um, really deal with it. Um, I would be my hope that the governor comes back and says, you know, there's problems with the lottery. That's why I tried to fix it. It should continue, but more than that, we should fund education mm-hmm. the proper way, yeah. the proper way that the people of Missouri want us to. I don't know if that will happen. I don't know either, but I think it's a good question. Mm-hmm. House Committee Reviews Water Patrol Merger. A special House Committee on October 1st took more than five hours of testimony as it began its review of the impact of the 2011 merger between the Missouri State Highway Patrol and the State Water Patrol. According to the Kansas City Star, (coughs) lawmakers focused their questions on whether road troopers who have been assigned to part-time Water Patrol duties have received sufficient training. The review was prompted by the May 31st drowning of Brandon Ellingson, an Iowa college student at the Lake of the Ozarks while in patrol custody. Trooper Anthony Piercy had arrested Ellingson on suspicion of boating while intoxicated, and Ellingson was thrown from the trooper's boat during the transport to shore. With his hands handcuffed behind his back and an improperly secured life jacket that immediately came off, Ellingson sank to the bottom of the lake, where his body was later found. Percy, an 18-year highway patrol veteran who began working Uh, the water part-time last year, testified at a recent coroner's inquest into the drowning that he wasn't properly trained regarding how to safely secure and transport suspects on the water. Piercy, who was charged in the incident, has returned to road duty. The patrol has said road troopers no longer work part-time on the water. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The water patrol was absorbed into much into the much larger highway patrol in an effort to cut duplicative administrative costs. Given the seasonal nature of the Water Patrol's work, merger supporters said it allowed for more efficient use of manpower by authorizing Water Patrol troopers to be assigned to the roads during the winter months and highway troopers to augment the Water Patrol during the busy summer months. Now, I supported this when I was in the House Mm -hmm. because it makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, My understanding of it was that they would all go to the patrol up to public safety Mm -hmm. to cut... um, a dollar here and there. Right. And to um, not, again, properly fund the priorities that we have. Um, they didn't train them. Yeah. And that is a, a direct reflection of the state highway patrol. 
mm-hmm. the governor, but the legislature who doesn't appropriate enough money right. to train the people to save the other cost. Yeah. And so here we are again, and maybe I should rename this, Dialogue with State Re- State Senator Paul Lavota about tax policy, because it all goes back to bad tax policy when we're unwilling to train someone to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to save a buck, make the political point, fight over numbers of a, uh, of a completely uh, uh, estimated uh, number of what our budget should be. Right. And, you know, there was news today, not part of our news here, that uh, revenues are up, but it's mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. it's up from what we thought it would be, not from yeah. the year. So it's not where it uh, should be. That's not where it should be. It's well, <laughs> we that's the thing. We don't know where it should be. We just know where we thought it would be. So it's up to where, up this month. Well, we should know where up, it should we're be. We're up higher than where we thought it would be this month, but we're not necessarily higher than what we thought it would be for the entire year. Yeah. So do a budget on that. Try to figure that one out. Um, what Missourians do every day is they figure out how much money they have. Mm-hmm. They kind of project how much money they will have mm-hmm. based on how much money they have. Right. And then they make a budget. What we do is figure out how much money we have one year and mm-hmm. then, th- well, I wonder how much we're going to have next year. And you have to base laws based on and that. And then based on that, the governor says, no, we have this amount. No, the legislature says we have right. this amount. And then we continually have a budget. to, And then it goes to the governor. He says, we don't have that much. We need to withhold. We need to veto. And the bottom line is important priorities like education, transportation, law enforcement. Yeah. This and a crime lab right. aren't um, pushed as priorities, and the people of Missouri are saying, scratching their head, wondering what's going on, and then when a proposal comes about that says, hey, we need more money for our roads, they go, no, we're not doing that mm-hmm. because we don't trust the way you spend the money now. Well, where's the transparency when it comes to the budget? Well, there's a, there's a transparency when um, you have the, um, the uh, projected revenue number. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be agreed upon. So the governor will come up with that number and so will the legislature. And usually they agree on that. Mm-hmm. Consensus revenue. But they they've not agreed on one? Last year they didn't agree on that. So um, <laughs> so one's leps- basing it off of different figures than the other, That's which right. is what we've been seeing. Different estimates. And the governor, you know, people have ar- argued that he has inflated the numbers as to right. what will be cut mm-hmm. if these are put in place. But, you know, we, we should be able to have an estimate mm-hmm. of how much is needed. And we know that, you know, based on the foundation formula, especially for education, but these administrative costs are also continually coming up, Mm -hmm. you know, as to the reasons as to why there are cuts and changes. And honestly, if you look at how much money our superintendents and our administrators are making compared Mm -hmm. to what the teachers are making, it's sickening. Well, and then then the other other part of it is the governor had a higher number, the Mm -hmm. legislature had a lower number. Yeah. Then we passed legislation without proper information about how it's going to impact mm-hmm. in fact this week i was on a uh, the legislative research committee and we passed a new format for the fiscal review i had a bill that i um uh, submitted last session that said we have to have fiscal a fiscal note for every piece of legislation mm-hmm. for at least five years instead of three years that they have now or or actually not or and what's the impact of it long term so yeah good if, you know, Senate Bill 509 says that uh, all these tax cuts will go into effect in 10 years. Mm-hmm. So you need to have anything, any information to say what that is. Um, we did it by rule. 
we we did it by rule instead of legislation. So that was a success. Oh, good. That that I helped push through. That now we're going to have fiscal notes with that are estimated how much a bill costs. Mm-hmm. It's full impact. Yeah, and, that's what we need. And the whole fiscal note process again, it's the most boring thing. But we would do a fiscal note on every single bill. Good. Well, I don't know. If, I suggest it's not good. Why? Be, well, because every single bill is not heard in committee. Mm-hmm. Every single bill, like, um, well, I'm 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 trying to think of a, of a good. Well, oh, ERA maybe. ERA, <laughs> ERA is an example. Or no, I'm thinking of just a simple bill like. Yeah. Um, well, I. I, I pass legislation to uh, name with the Lynn Dawson bridge. Mm-hmm, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. That doesn't cost the taxpayer anything because someone else paid for the sign. Printing and everything. Right. Yeah. Paid for the sign. So um, why are we doing all the time of a fiscal note mm-hmm. on these bills that we don't have an impact? Meanwhile, we had amendments, we changed the bill, and then we're voting on a gigantic tax cut. Without information. Yeah, right. Does that make sense? So right. somehow you got to streamline the process and the workload to make sure that we're getting the right thing. So we've done that, and then we're going to have fiscal notes that actually estimate the, the full impact of it. Well, where can the public go to get the information? Do they literally have to, like, <clears throat> you know, know really budgets and be able to dive through lots of information, or is there... Well, when you, the uh, there's a website, um, mm-hmm. and it's uh, you go to uh, senate.mo.gov, mm-hmm. and there's a bill lookup. So you would look type in the either the bill number, or the topic name, mm-hmm. bring it up, and then there you have the summary of the bill, the text of the bill, right? Amendments. It also has a fiscal note. You click, and the fiscal note can come up, and it'll say how much this bill is going to cost. Right, but overall, I mean, in thinking about like what laws have passed and where the money is going in the budget, for instance, uh-huh. you know, um, how do they categorize that to where the public could be aware that, you know, X amount goes to this, X amount goes to that. And that's, that's all in the appropriations okay. bills itself. Okay. In the $23 billion budget we have, yeah, uh, um, it's always a house bill, um, one through 13, where all those are. So, okay. um, not, a, not a very simple process to go through there right um if you if anyone's listening and they have a specific thing i can help track it down mm-hmm, obviously mm-hmm. but the information is there but um it, the information what i have found is that the information is there a lot the information is not used a lot right so you you look at a gigantic tax cut like senate bill 509 that's going to impact us to 800 million dollars um, when it's fully implemented you don't have the full information there right you have um an estimate from the department that's not clear. Mm-hmm. Then you ask, you know, outside people like the Missouri Budget Project are really great with helping with they th- are. with things like that. Right. Um, but then it becomes... And they have a lot of great resources, too. Well, then it becomes, you know, well, I want this bill, so I want it to be cheap, yeah. cheaper than it really is. Right, right, right. Does that make sense? So, anyway, it's very confusing, and tax <laughs> policy um, is, to me, a big, big dominant issue that we need to tackle. And I, I like I... I think I said this last uh, week that I am going to try to work on some ideas mm-hmm. to improve the budget project, project, <laughs> the budget <laughs> process. You know, like maybe budgeting based on what we have <laughs> this year, right? And then if we have more, 
then taking that and putting that into um, areas that aren't being funded. Well, you have to appropriate it before you have it. Oh, I see. Right. So for next year, maybe. Yeah, we'll I don't go know, into next year. Fun right. for yeah. whatever it is. That's right. So anyway. Okay, I see. And then, you know, if we don't make enough to m- make our ends meet, then we can have like bake sales and stuff, right? To make up the difference. Well, they just cut everything. Anyway, <laughs> right, so. exactly. It right. just goes away. There's just no hope. So that was, so that was the news? That was, oh, and all right. Well, that's all for the news. Um, thanks to the good folks at Liberty Realty. Very good. Very good. <laughs> very good. Very good. So, okay. So that's what's going on. And mm-hmm. I, I met with a group today to talk about um, what I thought would happen next legislative session. Tomorrow, um, we're, we're, as we're recording this on a on a Thursday, mm-hmm. I always get confused. I always say today, tomorrow, but the, it's it's cyber world, man. It's the new thing. <laughs> it's a podcast. They're you never know when you listen. Right. Anyway, I'm, I'll be speaking to the Kansas City Chamber, um, um, Chamber of Commerce, giving what I think, asking me what I think will be the next thing that we talk do next session. And, oh, mm-hmm. and I, I guess I'm stuck on this tax policy thing. And, and, and the reason is it's really, it affects everything. Right. But what I've also found is that educators are like, fix education. Um, constructors are, mm-hmm. fix the roads. Right. And on and on and on without... Everybody has a Without understanding a that mm-hmm. it all comes together in tax policy. Mm-hmm. Because what people like to do is, no, I, I only care about health care. I don't care about tax policy. Right. They're focused on their issue. Right. And they, well, I just, I, I don't care about that. It's not, it's boring. It's, well, it's how we have the resources to complete these things. Mm-hmm. And people need to get involved because we're going in the wrong direction. We're headed towards um, Brownback land and he right. is four points behind in the fourth poll. <laughs> His fourth poll in a row. That's how, yeah. In, in a Republican That's how state. dissatisfied the public right. are. Yeah, I mean, to me, it would seem like instead of uh, the the majority, you know, being stubborn and just continuing to barrel down this wrong path for us when all of the signs are saying, stop, no, this is not right. You know, where does the common sense come into play? And I guess it's when the public starts holding them accountable to it. That's right. That's exactly where it happens. Yeah. And so, you know, having that information, I feel having that information and then being able to get it to the public in a way that they understand, you know, because if you start talking tax policy with someone, Mm -hmm. you know, then they're... The average right. person just turns it off. I mean, you did know? you hear the clicks, the collective clicks of people turning off their podcast when I started talking about this more and y- more? Yes, you said t- tax policy, and, and our rates right. just went yeah, yeah way I down. Mean, we were doing good in the ratings. And the ratings were huge. Yeah. And then we started talking tax policy. <laughs> right. I, I don't know what happened. Right, because uh, everything else is so interesting. <laughs> it is, yeah. yeah. But tax policy. So, yeah, but, but having that information and then being able to use it, and not even in a way that, like... Um, divides people but just in a general sense of like here's the facts you know you give this tax cut to these folks and so then they're no longer paying in you know which puts this (laughs) account low which Mm -hmm. where we have to make that up and it's not happening and so it's just it's very confusing and i i i think this is maybe a little bit different from a lot of my colleagues but during veto session there was a group that visited the capital from my district and I answered questions, and one guy said, well, why don't we just cut other parts of the state government to increase roads? I said, there's no other place to cut. Right, yeah. Oh, I'm sure that I could find some, he says. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that is a general, maybe most people don't believe that, but there's a lot of belief that, well, there's a lot of waste in government. I think that could be true, Mm -hmm. but in the last decade, cuts, 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 cuts. Mm -hmm. You see that even law enforcement's cut. Right. You see that um, the amount we're giving to higher ed, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we're cutting everywhere. I mean, our mental health um, support is the worst in the nation. We pay our public employees the worst in the nation. So if anyone has some suggestions on where we can find a big group of money to cut, I'm all I'm all ears. But you can't just continue to do that and then think you can fulfill your priorities. Right. And you're right. And way, not raise taxes. I mean, well, they, they always throw this out there that, you know, they're going to make all these cuts, and we're also signing a pledge to not raise any taxes. Right. And I, I don't want taxes to be raised. Honestly, I, don't either. I feel like, you know, our public has been paying for everything mm-hmm. for way too long, and we're to the point where we're stretched thin. Mm-hmm. We don't have the money even to... You know, so we can't. We're not right. going to pass a tax, knowing, though, that this is what's needed. But my kid brings home a huge stack of fundraiser sheets right. from the school mm-hmm. because they're not getting enough to do what they need to do to That's teach right. these kids. And, and meanwhile, it makes me sick. Because of Senate Bill 509, people make over $500,000 a year are getting a cut. It doesn't make you know? sense. Right. And you were right that maybe we need to and I need to do a better job of presenting the facts of it. Here's yeah. the money that comes in. Here's what the cut is. Right. Here's how much we spend. And who's going to argue with that? It, well, you I know, mean, how can they? It's hard to argue with that, but I can tell you there are some senators and I actually respect them mm-hmm. who say, well, we'll have less money come in and they'll say, okay, well, I guess we'll cut more. Mm. Well, we, then we're not going to have the things for schools. And they say, that's fine with me. Right. As opposed Why do you respect to, them? I do not. Well, because because there's so many people who believe you can cut and it will grow business so much. Yeah. And we're going to have so much more money and we're going to be able to fulfill all those commitments. I would rather someone say, we're going to cut and get rid of a commitment. We're going to cut and not help the veterans. We're going to cut and not pay for education. We're going to cut <laughs> and have privatized roads. If they have enough guts to say that, that's more intellectually honest to me than we're going to cut. It's going to grow business so much that we're going to have this influx of new money. It doesn't happen that way. Well, it's called trickle-down economics. It doesn't work. It right. never has. Right. It's a myth. And this this continual believing that we can do that hasn't worked. So then let's talk about the lottery. Let's go back to that then. Okay. Let's okay. just go back to it. Let's just go back. Beep, beep, beep. Let's right. back, back up. up. Let's, let's just back, back up. up a little bit right. here. Back okay. Because you have um, what is soon to be Speaker Deal who is then, you know, entering into his role as speaker and talking about getting rid of, rid of a commission then or a program that is set up, or at least a portion of it is set up, to go to schools. Right. And so he then is proposing this with no solution then. You know, just as they do whenever they make the tax cuts and then they end up cutting the programs that they do, there's never a solution then that's given to our public for how to make up that well, difference. I, I, and that's not leadership. I, I, they're not presenting solutions, and they're continually doing this and saying no and keeping us further behind. So what well, do we do as a public? What do we do when our leaders will not listen to us? Well, I, I don't – in that story you had, and I haven't read what his answer is to, well, what are you going to how are you going to make up the difference that the lottery pays for? Have I've not you, seen one. And if he is to say, well, they don't need that, then that's what the people of Missouri should know. Yeah. But if he says, well, we're going to do it through another way, there's no other way. There, there's The money's not there. Then he shouldn't propose it. I agree. I agree. 
I think it's poor leadership, and I, I think that it just... It should be both sides of it. Well, it's point. interesting to me, you know, because the majority party has been making these attacks on public schools now for a long time, and then they get to a point where a program is weak, and they take advantage of it by mm-hmm. getting rid of it instead of working That's to right. fix it so that that way it doesn't, we don't lose it, uh-huh. and they have no solution. It only will further weaken our public schools if he were to do this, and, you know, even... It's, well, it's so frustrating to me. And you, well, here's what they do too. Is you know, they and cut, Ashcroft was the one originally uh, who yeah, was governor. Okay, but <laughs> sorry, okay, what they do is cut support for public schools, which has them not succeed. Right. And then they go and say, "Look, they're not succeeding. We need a charter school. We right. need a private school. Yeah, it, it's, it's yeah, it's calculated. It is. It is. That's starve exactly the government to say then say the government's not working. Right. And that's exactly what's going on for the last ten years. And they'll be happening. gone. After all this happens, everything, right. they'll be gone. And they won't be held accountable because they're not in office anymore. And part of the problem is when people who know better try to speak that language. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to try my best not to continue to talk about tax policy and how we should focus on it. Good. So what do you have going on? Um, I have a lot going on. It seems oh, like boy, my we well, my days anymore just are busy. Mm-hmm. You know, the closer we move to the election, then the more... Candidates are reaching out or, you know, people are in need of things. We've got um, several fundraisers coming up, like we talked about, or one big one at this point, I guess. We're past most of them. Um, And so it's just kind of getting toward the end, you know, where your days start to run together with so much going on. How about you? Well, I wanted to mention that um, I mentioned the Kansas City Chamber. I'll be going to the Center for Advanced Leadership Skills. Mm Mm-hmm. In uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. I'll be doing that for four days. So that will be interesting Mm -hmm. um, with other people from around the country, um, legislators. Um, It's at the Rockefeller Institute. So it should be a good retreat and good good learning and that type of thing. Great. But I want to mention, too, that I have um, began, based on prompting, a a blog. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And I don't know where, I guess if you follow me on Twitter, at Paul Levota, P-A-U-L-L-E-V-O-T-A, um, you'll see it every week. And the first one is that I talk about the idea of commitment to quality education. Um, you know, I referenced the quote, Abraham Lincoln said, Commitment is what transform a promise into reality and is the words that speak boldly of your intentions. My contention in my uh, blog is that most elected officials promise a quality education, but they don't commit to it. Um, some of the ideas uh, that come up, increasing the money from lottery, abolishing Common Core, or eliminating teachers, um, they all come up, but in truth, they're small ideas that can only improve education, can improve, cannot improve education. They're just they're little techniques to, around the edges. Mm-hmm. And the only way to really provide that quality education that our state is, wants is committing to it and giving the resources to it. Mm-hmm. Um, Good. So that's that's my point. It goes back to my same thing that I've been saying. Right. But uh, just another way to communicate some of these issues out because um, I don't want to go in the wrong way. What will be interesting is the Kansas election mm-hmm. where you have a governor, a Republican governor, who's former U.S. senator, I mean, ran for president, mm-hmm. very popular guy, and now became governor used terrible tax policy mm-hmm. has lowered their credit rating has um, made them last in the nation when it comes to job growth 
running against a minority leader in the House, which, yeah, you know, that doesn't make you a bad person. I'm just saying that. Um, <laughs> and for the fourth consecutive poll, he's he's behind. Yeah. And to me, that is how bad it has to get before people say enough. Right. And so I think there's a lot of people in Kansas who consider themselves conservative, Republican, um, mm-hmm. all, you know, always view themselves that way, who are going to vote for a Democrat for governor because they're tired of this tax policy mm-hmm. that doesn't fulfill their commitments. Yeah. Well, I taught over in, in um, Kansas. I taught in both Lawrence. I taught in Leavenworth, too. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, and just in talking with the teachers over there, they too have been feeling the the pressure. You know, for years under Brownback, mm-hmm. um, you know there was that they it came up for a vote that they couldn't participate in any political activity. Mm-hmm. I know that one of our senators here has kind of discussed that right. in a, a little bit. Krause. Yeah, so he again is following in Kansas footsteps. Well, yeah, and he's the person that proposed the massive Brownback style tax cut. See, he must be buddies with Brownback. Right, uh-huh. Is that what it is, maybe? Well, the the guys that they work for are the uh-huh. Koch brothers out of, oh, sure, right, out of right, Wichita. Right. So, yeah. Of course. They yeah. all work for the same people. Yeah, they're all buddies. Mm-hmm. So, well, we'll see how that works out for them. But I would like to see us as Missouri be able to look at Kansas and say, this is what you not do. You know, th- exactly. this is what we need to not do. And, um, and there's proof of that. And so if our Kansas neighbors would kindly um, tell our Missouri friends... Uh, what they're experiencing, and hopefully they will be able to elect Paul Davis and yeah, fix it, a lot of this. Well, I think that that will, that will be a message not only to the state of Kansas, but certainly Missouri and probably across the nation, right. that this type of tax policy is backwards. It is. And even um, sound-thinking conservative Republicans think it's wrong. Right. You know what I mean? And and what so, um, seems so divisive in the state of Missouri is that we actually are lucky enough to have a governor who vetoed that idea. Right. Even though it was overridden. So that's yeah. why these elections that are coming up for your local house of representative or if you're in um, Platt and Buchanan County, how important it is to have a good state senator there. That's right. To have these ideas come up and really challenge people, the elected officials, on, on where we're going. So. Yeah. So I... I, I agree. These, I mean, these candidates are going around now campaigning on the fact that, or, you know, saying they, they cut our taxes. Well, yes, you did. You cut our taxes. You gave us about 30, what is it, $34 or something like that a yeah, year? For the average Missourian, yes. So, you know, $34, $34, thank you. I'm supposed to reelect you because you went and cut it for your buddies, you know, who... Which... <laughs> It equals thousands, but yeah. yet $34, and I'm supposed to be grateful. Well, the $34, think about this. All those things that your daughter brings home for fundraising is for school things. Yeah. You're going to spend a lot more than $34. Uh, I already have. Absolutely. So, yeah. So that's the problem there. It is. Um, what do you got coming up in the next Next week, week or so. Yeah. Uh, working on the political forum in Excelsior Springs. Um, we now have it confirmed. It'll be at the Excelsior Springs High School Tuesday, October 14th. From 7 to 8.30, and the county candidates in Clay County, Missouri, will be present. And uh, there will be questions from the audience and also an opportunity to meet with each candidate one-on-one if, if folks want to have questions they want to ask. Great. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. That's uh, sponsored by the Excelsior Springs Business Women of Missouri. All right. Yeah, I felt like I needed to say that because I'm organizing it, but it's yeah. not for me. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing it for them, so... But I'm well, enjoying good. it. I'm looking forward to it. Well, good. Yeah. Well, I look forward to... Uh, sharing with you about the Center for Advanced Leadership Skills. And hopefully I'll learn something for once (laughs) in my life. And uh, I thank you so much for listening to Dialogue every week. Um, Just a way that we get to 
share with you a little bit about what's going on and give you some insight and hopefully you find it enjoyable. Um, anything else to add, Courtney? Nope, just it's a great show.